All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I am your host. Our special guest is Akeem Gardner. Akeem is the CEO and co-founder of Atlas 365, a hemp industrial company out of Ontario, Canada. And he's also the CEO and founder of Canerda, a hemp biotech company out of the same province and country, Ontario, Canada. So from Ontario, Canada, Akeem, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me here, Miguel. I wish I was uh, um, down down where you were because it's cold up here in Canada right now. I do cold like warm weather, man. <laughs> I know. Like, I grew up in Michigan, and I don't think you. I don't think I told you that. So I grew up in Michigan. I'm not mm-hmm. as which isn't as far north as where you are. Mm-hmm. What well, might have been maybe on the same latitude, similar latitude, you know, going because yeah, yeah. Uh, we would go to London, Ontario, and I'd visit. So my dad had some family yeah, yeah, yeah. there. But I I understand. I I understand heat, mm-hmm. and I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, today we had a today we had a bunch of rain. It took me like an hour to get to the office. Usually a half hour drive, but so but it is what it is. This this just that time of year now. But I'm happy to be here. Happy to to be here for the chat. Right on, man. So two companies, Canerda and Atlas three sixty five. So when I look at your website, I can see that they they have some associations. But before we talk about that, what is it that inspired you to even work in the the cannabis or hemp industry? Well, um, um, so I got my my push into the industry in 2017 after graduating from law school. Um, I went to law school in the United Kingdom and re- upon returning home to Canada, I was understanding things a little bit differently because I had this new education. And one of the things that was going on in Canada was the federal legalization of marijuana. And this caught my eye and caught my interest. One, because... I could actually um, understand the different processes that were going on and a little bit of what might've been going on in the back end because we just learned about it in school. But the second was, was I was fascinating by the opportunity that would create for us as Canadian entrepreneurs, especially because we were legalizing federally as a country before the United States. So I thought that there was a, would be a world of opportunities that if we can just start, figure out, learn science, um, marketing, um, business development here in Canada, eventually when the U.S. opened up, all those opportunities would trickle down and get extended because the U.S. is where the market is. So for me, it was about um, timing. It was about um, previous interest and things that I had learned about the marijuana plant, CBD, and potential health benefits. And then just the opportunity to blend what I learned in law school and create a real life opportunity um, with it. I said that uh, this is an opportunity, a once in a lifetime thing that I can't pass up. If I start now, 10 years from now, my future self will thank me. So that's how I got involved in the industry. <laughs> that's cool. So you, you're playing the medium, the main, like you're, you're looking forward you're not you're, you're playing, you know, you're going the medium long game and saying, I'm, I'm, I'm in the, for the long haul. That's cool. I, I don't, you know, I don't hear many people say yet. Yeah. Like 10 years from now, this is where, you know, I will regret it if I haven't made this mm-hmm. decision today or back then. That's cool, man. Yeah. It was, it, it was very interesting. Cause if you look at it, um, I looked at it like alcohol prohibition in the 1930s uh, or 1920s, 1930s. Um, fast forward 80 years, alcohol companies are partners with the NBA, NFL, so on and so forth. So, 
I looked at they the, family the, events sort of the now. same. With, yeah, <laughs> they sponsor right? family events. Right? Now. They sponsor family events. So I'm like, the same thing's going to happen with marijuana as it becomes destigmatized as we continue to understand how this plant can really benefit us, not only health wise, but economically, socially. Um, from providing roofs over our heads, clothes on our backs, all of these things started to fascinate me. And I was like, yeah, 10 years from now, this is where I, I would, I'm going to want to be. So, yeah. Right on, man. So I, with the two companies and uh, I can, I can, when I look at them, I'm like, okay, I see the associations between the two, which mm-hmm. one you want to talk about first? You know what I mean? When you, when you, when, mm-hmm. when you were putting this whole, when you, when you had your vision for this stuff, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. And like how you form, like, we're like, the mm-hmm. impetus for both of these for for mm-hmm. atlas 365 inc and for canerda and canerda awesome so we'll start with atlas 365 because that's how we got started okay. when we um when i decided that we wanted to get involved in the industry in this industry i realized that that i didn't have a lot of money a lot of deep pockets what i could do is work very hard and i believe that this plant can be a staple almost a pillar for humanity going into the future so hence the name atlas 365 because i would work every day at bringing my vision to life and that's what i just went out and did i started from um as soon as we made the decision my business partner randy ose and i um um we went out we just started researching talking to a whole bunch of people learning as much as we can about the plant that's when i got introduced um, to the difference between marijuana and hemp. I realized that hemp is really a lot of opportunity here, a huge supply chain that can not only feed people, heal people, put clothes on people's back, but also roofs over our head, and particularly climate resilient roofs. And this was a very interesting idea and concept to me, the idea that we can grow our future homes. Um, so with that, I started to continue to, to again, investigate, learn everything I could. And one day I was walking my dogs actually. And I realized that, Hey, if I could figure out a way to build something myself, right. Then, um, uh, all the opportunity in the world would be mine. I wouldn't have to go anywhere and ask people for help. I could just do it and be as creative as I wanted and provide opportunities myself. So at that point, when that thought hit me, um, I had some money from a line of credit that I used to go to law school that had come back to me. I said, let me use that and go find some land and learn how to farm this plant. And that's exactly what I did. I went out, found some land up in a little bit in north, north of the city. Um, I put down a three-year lease on it and I started to farm with no experience, just my hands, my feet, <laughs> my bold, friends, man. my family. That's bold. That we just really went bold, out and though, we did okay? it. Yeah, I didn't realize the challenge wasn't getting the hemp in the ground. It was getting the hemp out of it, right? That that year was an amazing year. It was super fun, but we got our ass kicked. But it was the best thing that we could have done because it showed the other people in Ontario, the other farmers in Ontario, some of the industry leaders that I not only had big vision for what we could do with this plant, but I was also willing to put my money in my mouth and actually work very hard at it. So... That was in 2018 when we did our first year of hemp. And in 2019, um, after Canada had legalized, um, again, it was right place, right time, timing. I got a call from a gentleman who worked at OMAFRA, the Ontario Ministry of Food and Agriculture, who ran the hemp division. And he said, hey, Akeem, I have some 
professors that I want to bring by your farm because they want to do some research on industrial hemp. They want to create a natural health product, but something that's not CBD. And when they said this, I was like, what are you talking about? What else is there not CBD? Come to my farm, take all the hemp you want, but I want to know what's going on. And this is where I got introduced to these professors from the University of Guelph, world leaders in agricultural research, analytical chemistry, bio biotechnology, so on and so forth. And they educated me on some of the more deeper, more minute, rare things that were going on in the plant and the opportunities that there was to build a biotech technology company and a natural health product company that would focus on different different molecules unique from cannabinoids, but that had extreme therapeutic potential. These are the molecules that we decided to focus in on and found a new company in Kinerda Inc. Kinerda named after Ninerda. He's a mesotopian god of agriculture, healing and war. We thought that with these molecules, we can now um, usher in a new generation of natural holistic medicines that could help people, help them deal with their chronic inflammation and pain. Um, and this would be something, again, in the world of entrepreneurism, you know we need a lot of focus to be able to execute and get things done. So this is how we went from Atlas 365 and exploring the overarching hemp supply chain to Kinerda, our more focused biotechnology play, which is, and I get the opportunity to sort of run, found, build teams around both of them. So really exciting times for us. Right on, man. <laughs> Right on. So on the on the on the Kinerda, I, on the website there, I saw um, anti-inflammation content. What mm -hmm. kind of what kind of stuff are you are you how are you approaching inflammation with Kinerda? So with Kinerda, um, with Kinerda, things are very exciting because what these professors um, educated me me on, and now my responsibility to educate the world is that. There's other molecules in the cannabis and hemp plant that provide therapeutic effects. And these molecules are unique from cannabinoids and terpenes, which are the more, more popular terms that are molecules that are associated to cannabis hemp, in that these molecules are called polyphenols or flavonoids, right? And these polyphenols are flavonoids. They're usually found in our fruits and our berries. They usually have anti high antioxidant activity, high anti-inflammatory activity. Well, cannabis sativa or industrial hemp has unique flavonoids called canflavins that are known to be 30 times more powerful than ASA, the active ingredient in aspirin, but also dual inhibitors of the body's pro-inflammatory pathways. What that means is, is that they can shut down both pathways to inflammation and effectively stop inflammation at the source. So the professor's big ideas, and they were making innovations around technologies that would allow us to optimize the amount of these molecules that there were in the plant and bring them to market. Because the number one problem with these molecules is that they're extremely rare, found in under 0.014% of the plant. Hmm. So again, extremely minute. And that's why since these molecules were discovered in the mid-1980s until now, no one's been able to bring them to market in a way that um, can appeal to the masses before us. This is the work that we're doing right now at Kinerga, and this is what we're extremely excited about, to be able to optimize the amount of these molecules that are there in the plant, in different extracts, and different natural ingredients, and bring them to market to people 
in a natural and safe way that can help people deal with their pain, their inflammation, but also provide other therapeutic effects like um, neuroprotective qualities, anti-cancer qualities, antiviral um, characteristics that these molecules have, so on and so forth. So this is a little bit of the summary of the work that we get to do right now. And for me, this is extremely exciting because every day is a new day of investigation, a new day, day of learning. Um, and to be able to usher into these molecules into the mainstream for the first time is something that I'm, uh, I'm extremely excited and proud to be doing, especially as a black man uh, doing this work. That's cool, man. So now yeah. also on your website, I saw that the country of Canada is, is, is helping you. They're funding some, they're funding. I'm not sure, but it's, you have mm -hmm. national funding for this. Oh, we get help every year from all three levels of, of government, from municipal, um, the provincial, and the federal government. Usually, and I'm extremely grateful of it because they have a lot of grant programs for student funding, for young entrepreneurs, for hiring people for contracts, summer work, so on and so forth, some startup grants, again, across all three levels. And that's been extremely important to me in my startup journey because I don't come from deep pockets, right? Everything that we've built has been ground up really scrappy, almost like the bootstrapper mentality, just having to figure out how we're going to survive another day. So by being able to have government support, by being able to um, share our big ideas with our stakeholders and we get recognized for the work that we're doing and saying, yeah, we'll help you hire four, six, eight, 12 people to, um, for eight, 12 weeks, six months, whatever it is to help us build this dream has been extremely important and valuable to our process it's it's pretty cool because i bring it up getting getting federal government funding is not easy you know they want to make sure that they're not mm -hmm. that their efforts and their funding that which are basically taxpayers dollars are not being mm -hmm. abused so it's when so when mm -hmm. i saw that i was like ah this is really cool akeem akeem's mm -hmm. Keem's Keem's hitting this on a on on big levels. Now, with that, you, you all when when you sent me over your bio, I want to because it, it reads like a quote, and this is uh, I think this is probably more for LS three sixty five, but I'm gonna read it, and and you you, you can tell me what you think. I want to ask you like what what's this one about because it's cool, mm -hmm. and, and uh, it's at the last page, last sentence. It says, "I am duly committed to advancing the UN sustainable development goals and upholding these principles throughout the company's operations." Mm -hmm. So how are you, uh, how are you in tying in the UN's goals into either, co either company or is it both companies or is it one more than the other? Both companies, both, both companies, um, almost like, a uh, it's almost tried to be tried to tie it into our way of life now. Um, one of the things that stood out to me when I went to law school, again, it was very interesting times from 2015 to 2017, because in 2015, we had the Paris Climate Accord. In 2016, we had Brexit. So yeah. overlay over my legal education was what were all the legal implications to all these things? What do treaties mean? What does it mean when the whole world says we want to buy in to tackle something like climate change and and how do you recognize whether um, every member state is actually upholding their side of the bargain? So when I came back from law school in 2017, that was an overarching uh, um, perspective that I had ingrained, ingrained into me. One of the things that um, for me, um, where I was able to relate this to was my time in the world of sports, right? Because in sports in Canada, especially in youth sports, you don't get paid to coach, right? 
it's hmm. almost like you grow up um, and then the other statesmen have, have to come back and volunteer their time to usher in the next generation of young athletes and they grow and then it comes back because they come and volunteer their time to usher. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's very like community driven. It's a community perspective um, yeah. from the grassroots level. And I wanted to take the same sort of approach with our company, build our company in such a way that we had um, community impact themes based on us, social impact goals based on us. And what were the ways that we can measure ourselves to make sure that we're not only chasing profits, but also chasing purpose. This is again, my basketball and a little bit about my, uh, of how I grew up in my family life. I know we'll get to that a little bit later. No, that's all right. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, but all of these things, and when I learned about the sustainable development goals, that there were 17 of them, things that we said, okay, these can be objective measures as to um, how we can make the world a better place, promoting climate action, life on land, um, good health and well-being, um, um, diversity and inclusion, um, sustainability in our infrastructure, so on and so forth. I was like, there's a whole bunch of areas um, that the and goals that the world is trying to get to that if you look at the hemp properly plant properly in the right way, the hemp plant could impact a lot of them. So I wanted to be um, the person or the group that really optimizes the full value of the hemp supply chain at Atlas 365 using the hemp plant in multiple ways to provide again food medicines and clothing and plastic recycling sustainable building material carbon neutral building material really harnessing this plant's true potential to make the world a better place and that aligned very very well with the un sustainable development goals so that's a little bit about how we got there that's cool man that's very cool that is very cool is there anything you want to want the listeners to know about what's coming up uh, the end of 2021 and anything you got coming up in 2022? Um, <laughs> uh, I would, I would just advise, uh, I would just say to listeners, our website at Um, It has a lot of exciting information there about these unique molecules, about, our unique approach to health and wellness in the cannabis plant. We have a mailing list there and we'll be continuing to roll out a lot of information, just educating people about what's going on in the hemp plant. What are the different molecules? How do the molecules work from a very scientific, scientific based approach. But in 2022, we'll also hit a really big milestone for us. Um, finally getting our first products out to market, turning right. from a pre-revenue company to a post-revenue company. So that I'm extremely excited about because it's been a long four-year journey to finally get here as well. So hey man, congratulations. Um, That's cool. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's been a it's been a grind. So just continuing to just um engage with our content, our social media. Um, everything can be found at Kernerda.com. I'm signing up for our newspaper, our newsletters. And then as we continue to drop new um, information, new content, continue to engage in just learning about, again, how we utilize this plant to its best potential um, to make the world a better place. What kind of products are you going to be, really, what are you looking to release in next year in 2022? So our first product is one that I'm extremely excited about. It's a hemp seed powder enriched with our polyphenols. Okay. And this is going to be something that's pretty unique. It's going to be very similar to hemp hearts that you usually eat with, 
but a more nutritionist version of hemp hearts, a powder that you can mix into your smoothies, sprinkle over your salads that you can cook with as a food item. Okay. We'll launch this both in Canada and the US in 2022. We're still working on our US go-to-market strategy. So which states, which uh, retailers will actually be in. But again, over the next coming months, we'll have more information about, about this. And this is a product that we're excited about because with daily consumption, you should start to see, feel yourself um, feeling better, reduced inflammation in your body, a lot more of an active lifestyle, just something really, really nutritious to have every day. After that, we'll follow that with our extract, which is a highly concentrated um, oil um, with our, our molecules in it. And our extract is going to particularly help people that deal with um, with the aging population, I should say. Older people have been using our extract and we're getting some really good uh, feedback from our early adopters on how it's helping them with their day-to-day lives, get, get back to feeling younger deal with aches and sores in their body and just um, um oh and an unintended benefit but something that we should have probably thought about an overall better mental health and well-being because now they can do the things that they like they're feeling themselves aging gracefully and that's causing them to have a better um, or more elevated mental wellness instead of being depressed or cranky or achy all the time because of how their body's making them feel so that's something that we're extremely excited about as well in our extract. Our sprouts will probably launch in the first half of 2022 and our extract will come in the latter part of 2022. But we do, again, we do have um, on our website um, where you can engage with us if you're an early adopter, if you want to understand what's going on a little bit more, maybe try some samples. Again, you can reach out to us and we can get you in our pipeline and continue to build out from there. You know, it's you, you, you said it and you said it really well. And, and I agree with it completely. And I think sometimes it gets like when I, we've had other guests on, we, we've said the same thing. And it, it sounds like a nice to have, but it is critical. And you said when you're getting older and you get those aches and pains and this product is designed to help you not feel so crappy just doing daily stuff. And then mm-hmm. if you want to work out on top of that, you don't want to take, you don't want the recovery from that to take longer than it did to work out, you know? So really? that's what I'm saying. It's like, I hear, I hear a lot of guests say it and, and I say it too, sometimes when I'm talking to people, but that quality of life is huge. That's a mm-hmm. big, big deal because there are a mm-hmm. lot of people in constant pain. And then you also tied it to mood and you tied it to mental health and mm-hmm. the connections are all over the place. The reason why I bring it up again is because this, I, I know this impacts a lot of people every day. Mm-hmm. When they're in a lot of pain, it affects your mood and your attitude. You do get cranky. You do say and behave in ways that you don't really want to, but that pain has a way of getting in top of people's heads. And that is a huge thing, especially with the baby boomer generation, which is I can't remember if the baby boomer generation, I think the baby boomer generation was bigger than the greatest generation. I think the greatest generation mm-hmm. created the baby boomer generation. And, and, you know, we've been seeing things about re- that generation retiring in waves and, and the next generations coming up. And those people all have families, right? They all have families and they all, and their families really 
want to take care of each other. I believe that. I believe that about mm-hmm. people. I believe mm-hmm. that sometimes things get hung, get hung up. But my point is that your product is there to help people. And that's it. I mean, I, it really hits home for me, man, because I've got two parents. One of them's passed away and one of them still deals with mm-hmm. severe pain every single day. And mm-hmm. you see him, you're just like, wow, it's my mother. It's my mother and my mother. You know, I got families, you know. Yes. You have a really great attitude for the amount of pain you're in. Now, if there's something else that helps even more with that, that's great. If it comes from a plant, that's even better. If it comes from a plant, I'm a, I'm a you know, you know, you're on the conversation, cannabis and Christianity podcast. Yep, so yep. And I'm a believer. And I'm like, you know, this is part of our creator's plan for us. Mm-hmm. He made this plant for us. So that way we can use it <laughs> in mm-hmm. scripture. There's a lot of scripture in there that that points to that. So I, you know, I think it's really cool because you and a lot of the other guests that I have on, you, we all have to make a living, but we want to help people in a positive way doing it. And that's, that's, uh, that's, that's a lot about, about someone. What's that? I said, that's what it's all about. Right. It says a lot about someone's heart, right? Yeah. I think that says a lot about someone's heart, right? I mean, it does. It does because it's, there's it's, a lot of people out there that, that will, not think twice about ripping someone off. Well, um, one thing that I'll, I'll suggest for everyone to do, if you have um, HBO, there's a really good documentary out there called The Crime of the Century. Have you seen it, HBO? I haven't. I, I don't have, no, actually, but, I'll tell you what, man, I don't have cable. All I got is the internet. Okay. Cut no? cable a little bit oh, ago. No. And it's been you, nice, if, but I don't have it. I didn't, if, do, I didn't do that subscription um, plan or any of that stuff. But what is that no. about? If you can find a way to stream that or a show called Dope Sick. And if you have neither, but you like to read, there's a really good book called The Empires of Pain. Now, all of these- The Empires um, of what? Three, Empire of Pain. Empire of Pain, okay. Of Pain. So each of these three pieces of content are about the Sackler family, Purdue Pharma, and the creation of the opioid crisis or the opioid crime as referred to in um, the crime of the century. And what's really interesting is in that over the last 20, 25 years, um, when you dig into the history of that story, how certain people or a family um, and a company uh, abused people's pain, their need for um, physical well-being to get them addicted to these, to Oxycontin, which then had a spiral effect into a bunch of negative effects on society from um, overdoses to heroin addiction to now we're seeing fentanyl and the fentanyl crisis. It all started and all can be traced back to Purdue Pharma and the um, marketing of Oxycontin. This is something that I've been learning about much more recently, especially being on this journey that we're on with Kinerda, because if it's one thing that we know in the difference between the cannabis plant and the opium plant is cannabis has been used by humans since the beginning of time, non-addictive and safe versus opium, which has a history, all products made with opium have an addictive quality. Yes, they can help you with your pain, but they put you to sleep for long periods of time. They um, seduce whole nations and turn people into addicts. And even um, Britain went to war with China twice over opi- opium sales. 
opium, morphine, oxycotton, so on and so forth. So I just understand the great responsibility that we have, especially with what, what America, North America, and the world has gone through with this coming out of this opioid pandemic, um, to be able to bring natural alternatives, safe alternatives, non-addictive alternatives that can, to people that can help them regain their well-being to not be addictive, to not cause harm in their communities, to get back to work without only thinking about a pill. All of these sub-themes are extremely important. And as I continue to learn more, and I would encourage everyone to, again, watch um, or take in one of these three pieces of content, The Crime of the Century is on HBO, Dope Sick is on Hulu or Disney+, and The Empire of Pain is a book. You can listen to it on Audible like I did, or you can pick it up in the store but extremely important to understand um, the history of pharmaceuticals, how we got here in society, and then understanding why the legalization of cannabis, marijuana, CBD, and other innovations like what we're trying to do are so important because it's for the benefit and the well-being of humanity and society. So, Man, that's cool. That is cool. And you know, when I say that's cool, it sounds kind of small, but it's like not because, yeah. I mean, you have federal funding from the Canadian government. You are tying into United Nation measurements and mm -hmm. what are the touch points? I know I want to say touch points, but they're, they're like lines of effort. We call them lines of effort in the military. Lines of mm -hmm. <laughs> but you, you, you use the term and, and I'm feeling familiar with it because I've worked in the military for 20 years, but um, you, what were the seven, the, the points in the UN that you were? The sustainable development goals. What the sustainable development goals. That's it. Sustainable development goals. Mm -hmm. This is, I don't know. I, I just can't help but think that you're doing something really big. It came from, it's like, this is a Thank big you. deal. This is really cool, man. And I think now's probably a good time to, to ask you where you may have gotten that type of motivation to help people? Where do you think that came from? Do you, do you have an idea? Well, do, you, do, you, do you know? You're like, yeah, that's where I came from. I see it. You know what I mean? Or is it like, because I ask people this and some people just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just in me. I think, I think it's this cross between nature versus nurture with me. I grew up in a Christian household, a loving family. My grandfather was a pastor. Um, my dad is very re religious. My um, mom was a hard worker. My mom and my dad divorced. But, uh, my mom took care of me and my sisters, but always made sure that me and my sisters were um, engaged in some sort of activity, some community or team activity in sports, taekwondo, martial arts, when we were building things, but with people that we can rely on and depend on. And my dad, even though my parents are divorced, my dad always there. Um, if he couldn't provide financially, anything that he can do with it was a phone call Dad, we need to get here to here he'll make it happen he'll show up so on and so forth so we I always had a good support system of love around around us um I think my time in sports especially when I started to play basketball and my time with my teammates in basketball was what gave me this really really good notion of what it's like to be a team um what it's like to be part of a community to have brothers I have two sisters but all of my brothers are my teammates that I had growing up playing basketball with. And um, I'm watching the greats, the Kobe Bryant, the 
um, Stephen Curry's, the LeBron's, the, these these great leaders that were our icons in in the world of sport, but how they depended on each other to strive for winning this goal of a championship, right? How it takes whole organizational buy-in to win a championship. And then just seeing how that would play out in my life growing up as a uh, uh, amateur to collegiate athletes, um, playing on teams where we were really talented, but we couldn't get it together. Um, someone was selfish or someone had an ulterior motive or whatever it was, and we ended up losing versus playing on teams where we may not have been the most talented in the province, but we all clicked. We all knew what our responsibilities were. We all knew that we had each other's back. There was a really big trust there. And those were the teams that we were most successful on. So I think my my um, sort of back, again, it's this nature and nurture and plus who I am. I'm just naturally in, inquisitive. I remember um, growing up, one of my coaches always say, Akeem, why you ask so much questions? Stop talking, you're annoying, right? But I'm like, coach, but what if we do this? What if we do this? And I'm like, Akeem, stop, right? Um, but that carried with me as I grew up into adulthood because um, um, always just looking to ask the deeper question about why this, why this. I did philosophy as a minor in, 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 in university the first time. And I remember one of my favorite classes was philosophy of religion. I'm asking all these big questions about how we get there. Why do different people in different parts of the world experience um, religion, spirituality in different ways, so on and so forth. Um, I think all of these things put together um, and just this continued uh, um, investigation in my own life about what is truth, what's my destiny, what am I here to be? It just all culminated into who you see in front of you. You know what, man? I can relate. Mm -hmm. That was, uh, you know, you you said meaning, purpose, and destiny. Mm -hmm. And I think that those three things pull at every single person, every single day of their life, but we don't spend enough time really digging into what that means. And this is what I think is really cool and special about what you're doing, man, is that this is an internal thing that is manifestly expressing itself externally. And it's got a lot of people's intention, including federal governments, right? I mean, that's a big deal. You got local, provincial, and, and federal. That's that's a big deal, man. And that's when I'm like, this is really cool. So I also want, right now, I want to take a, a quick thank you to, to Sherry Bennett because she's the one that introduced us and mm -hmm. she's the one that put us in contact with each other. She's an amazing person. Thank I think she's Sherry. one of the she most is. authentic people I've met in this thing since I've started this. And I'm, I'm very thankful and blessed to know her. So, so that's how we are introduced. And this is where I'm like, oh, it's just amazing how I don't want to say like-minded, but people who care more about people, I don't want to say care more about, because I think everybody has potential to care for people. You know what I mean? I think everybody mm -hmm. has potential to care for people. I think it's really interesting when you meet people who, like I said earlier, line their vocation up with a mission that is going to benefit human beings. Mm -hmm. and and that's just an amazing thing man so and you know i got it okay even go from ahead, my sorry. grandmother because that word that you said vocation from some of my earliest memories oh, my yeah, grandfather I'm, being yeah. a pastor talking about vocation and 
um, Jesus is calling on to the world and all of us as men and women having our own callings. I think that is like deep rooted in me. So as I started to grow and mature and get to my own thoughts, just um, having this continual seeking of what's my vocation, what am I here to do and how am I going to be remembered in the long term? Um, um, these are some of the things that stick out to me. So that word vocation, when you said it, it just reminded me of my grandfather and some of his, his sermons and, and how we grew up. So, yeah. That's cool, man. How did they take, when you told me you were going into the, into the hemp industry, growing mm-hmm. up in a Christian household with a, with your grandfather being a pastor, did, was there, mm-hmm. was there some pushback when that, when you broke the news? Mm-hmm. So, well, we'll start with my mom, right? My mom was, my mom's always been of me and my sisters, uber supportive, right? My mom knows that if we come and we have a plan, she knows that me and my sister's work ethics, Akeem, you want to do it, go out and go do it. And whatever support she can provide um, will be there. And I think that was one of the things that initially gave me confidence, especially when I told my mom, hey, mom, we're going to go out and get this farm. Uh, Akeem, you think you can do it? That's what I'm, mom, I think I could do it. You know, legalization is around the corner. If we start now, by the time we legalize, we'll be ahead of the game. All right, Akeem, go do it. And not only go do it, she's out there in the farms with me on some of the days, helping out whenever she can. So I think that uh, that's always been super important in my life, having a mom who not, I'll not only watch to work hard to support, support us, but also believe in what we can do, me and my sisters, anything, whether it was sports, a new unique idea, business opportunity, and what we're doing right now. Now, when I told my mom that the farming is getting too aggressive and I'm actually going to put my legal career and my articles on hold to focus on this. That's when she was a little bit, what are you doing? You have to go be a lawyer, right? You just came back from the United Kingdom, right? You just got, you just got overschools trained, overseas training and you want to come back and and farm and and do, and do the farming, right? But she understood because she saw all the work that we were doing every day at the farm and then daytime in the farm nighttime downtown Toronto at some sort of conference networking she saw the running around that we were doing and again um, um, even though a little bit a little bit of chemo sure but she knew what we were doing every now and now and then now I get the occasional like Akeem when are you going to finish mom you see what I'm doing all right all right Akeem I just have to remind you to finish (laughs) that goes the same thing go approach sort of goes for my grandmother as well my grandmother is always Akeem when are you going to finish I want to see you finish your school so on and so forth and I'm like grandma I have two degrees I just didn't get called to the bar yet but I'll do it eventually right just let me figure this out first and my grandma's sort of the same now, my grandfather is interesting because my grandfather actually has Parkinson's right now. And one of the things that was exciting to me about my grandfather, especially in the early days, even before we found out about um, our novel flavonoids and built Conerta, is I was seeing some stuff in the United States about people who suffered from Parkinson's taking CBD oils and it having dramatic effects on them, right? Um, really helping them out, re- regain their way of life. So for my grandfather, that was always an area that I was interested in. Grandpa, maybe we should try this. Or grandpa, maybe we should try this. Maybe we should try this. And at the beginning, he's like, no, um, from back home, I know people who took marijuana, they end up crazy, et cetera, et cetera. I think these are all folk tales now. Everyone seems to have a story of someone back home who took cannabis and ended up crazy, right? But I never met the person. So I'm like, I'm always hoping (laughs) to meet the person where that happened. 
But my grandfather, um, it went from slowly breaking that barrier with him, trying to get him to try some of the products. I can never get him to try a product consistent enough to see if it actually worked. But where I made a real impact on my grandfather was when I showed him the the hemp, um, a hempcrete building block, right? My grandfather worked in masonry. So when I didn't even approach him with the oils, but I said, grandpa, look, we can use these to build the next generation of sustainable housing, climate resilient housing, um, um, fire retardant housing, breathable housing, so on and so forth. He was like a king. This is big. This is important, the work that you're doing. So for my grandfather, um, though, uh, and, and I tell my well, tell my cousins all the time, I know for him, it would probably be most impactful, specifically for the Parkinson's, is he if he were to intake the THC, the CBD, and some of the other molecules by smoking it, then we would probably get a, the opportunity to see if it would really work. We know he's not going to smoke it, right? But showing him just step by step some of the other things that you can do with the plant, him watching my growth as a man, as a leader, as an entrepreneur, um, going from the first three years of business, not being able to pay myself, uh, how am I making money, Akeem, how are you going to take care of your future family, to now in the fourth year starting to get some traction in those areas, he's watching me grow. And these are the things that makes him proud about my journey and the direction that I went on in my life. That's cool, Akeem. That's really cool. And the reason why I said it's cool is because I didn't hear you say he uses any of it, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't use it, but he still loves you and supports it. And he's a pastor at it. We're a retired pastor, I'm guessing. Retired yep, pastor. Yep. Retired yep. pastor. And that's, I, I can't get anything but love out of that. I mean, that that's nothing but love because mm-hmm even though he doesn't want to put any of it into his body because it may help. Oh, you said you didn't have, you didn't have any success with, and I know what you mean with consistency. Well, I, I know, I know, yeah. I, I know people it's like, yeah. but you have to try this for like a couple of weeks to a month. You have to give it an opportunity. If it was, if anything was so good, you could take it once or twice and yeah. the things you want to alleviate are just done. Yeah. It would be a different world, right? It'd be a different mm-hmm. world. So I understand the consistency of, of trying a product. And mm-hmm. I also understand the frustration of trying to get someone to maintain that consistency. So you, cause you want to see them, you want to see them mm-hmm. feel better. Mm-hmm. And even though, is it, is it for pastoral or theological reasons that he doesn't want to ingest anything? No, no, no. Well, the smoking it, they won't do it. That's probably just cultural, right? Yeah. In regards to I've given him some oils and some topicals. So he'll use it, especially when I'm there, I'll see him take it. But then my grandmother says, do will take it. My grandmother will use it. frequently and my grandmother gives me positive feedback on how she feels when she's on it but i think it's just you know like men and their health right can't get us to do things occasionally can't get us to go to doctors i think it's just stuff like that no i I think so yeah i know what you mean i know what you mean but this is why i'm going to go back to what you said it's like is your your grandpa a pretty happy guy i mean is is he is he and that's and that's a big deal because when Mm -hmm. when you're cranky a lot well, then that's when things, you know, become, a, they impact more people. So I'm really happy to hear that your grandpa's got joy. Cause I want to say in a good mood, but like when you're, when, when, no. you're, when you're a senior citizen and you've lived a mature life and you're on this planet for that many decades, mm-hmm. there's going to be some pain, but mm-hmm. if you have joy, man, 
that's a quality mm-hmm. of life that money can't buy. Quality of life that money can't that, buy. That's definitely something that's been ingrained to our family because everyone always says I'm I'm overly optimistic. I'll take risks because I only see the positive of what can happen. I'm never looking at the negative. And that comes from my, my grandfather, my grandparents right down. Uh, it's just being joy and happy to be here. Right on, man. Right on. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we're going to go to part two. Of, we're not part two, but, but the follow on question of this. How do you view the world now? Do you view the world through any type of belief system, philosophy, or, or religion? Or um, My worldview of the world, um, I believe that God's in all of us, right? Uh, we have the traditional Christianic, Christianity over me. I believe in the power of prayer, the power of manifesting um won't say that i'm in church every week or the best christian but i believe i'm on my own journey right and um one of the things that's most exciting to me is i know that at every step of the way in my journey um in my whole life but especially i've seen it over the last four years where god's been with me where he's guided me through where he's brought us to unique opportunities and where he's rewarded my hard work. I look back and I can tell it. I can spot it. Things um, aren't just coincidental. They were meant to be. Um, I'll give you an example. I was listening to the book that I told you, Empires of Pain. Yeah. And when we were listening to Empire of Pain, there was this chapter in it called uh, The God of Dreams. And it talked about the history of the poppy plant that turned into opium that was then synthesized into morphine. And morphine was named morphine after Morpheus, the Greek god of sleep and dreams. Okay. And when I heard that, that was like one of my most recent um, um, signals that the path that I'm on was predestined. It was before me because you heard me mention that in 2017, we called our company Atlas 365. Atlas after the Titan, the pillar of the world, working 365 to do this. Kinerda is named after Ninerda, the Mesotopian god of agriculture healing and war so it's almost like we've been given this gift by Kinerda and this novel molecules to bring to the world to heal some of the pain and suffering done to the world by morpheus um, giving people morphine getting them addicted putting people to sleep for long periods of time for me this was so it was more than coincidental it was just a reminder that Akeem, this journey that you're on, um, like these names that we sort of just picked to name ourselves after, they weren't just picked out of thin air. God was like pointing us and walking us in the right direction. And we have all these signs to let us know that this is even bigger than what I'm doing myself. So there's so many um, stories and journeys, like in the first year when I started to plant um, the hemp, I remember being in a field of 30 acres of hemp with um, just a four by four, some garden garden clippers and doing our hand harvest and saying to myself, Joaquin, what are you going to do with all this hemp? How are you going to turn this into something? <laughs> Money's just coming out of our bank account every month paying rent. What are you going to do? And then to see how we went from that to where we are right now, just being in the right place, right time, trusting, working hard, getting here. Um, I know that this whole journey was planned by someone above me someone who's taking care of me who's walking me through it and more now more modernly i know that um 
every day, whether it's an up and down, whether things look like there's obstacles, how am I going to figure this out? I just know just to continue to work, come into work, come into the office every day and good things will happen because it's not just me on this journey. There's someone looking out for me. There's someone who has an ultimate design of how this is going to play out. And I may not understand it. Um, I may get, I may get frustrated, may want things at a certain time. Um, why isn't this happening? I, this is the best presentation. Why aren't people connecting, et cetera, et cetera. No, with every, with all due time, everything falls into place. I've learned that um, I can look back and look at my whole life and see how every event made me the king that I am right now. And again, over the last four years in this entrepreneurial journey, it's really highlighted where there were opportunity, where there were things that happened that, again, I just can't explain how it all came together. So that's cool, man. That's cool. All right. So this, this next question ties right into that. We're mm-hmm. talking about life on earth universe. Mm-hmm. You believe that the universe and all the life that exists inside of it is the result of a series of accidents, or do you think that there's an intelligent designer behind it? I think a little bit of both. I definitely believe that God is, um, I've always looked at, um, you, when you ask this question about, is it the big bang theory or did God create the earth and the world in seven days? I always think it's like a little bit of both. I think that if you have this big bang and this triggering event that cascaded into everything that we had, someone had to set it in motion. Right. And I think that person, that being is God. And I think that he had a vision for how things would, um, end up, how things would go. But he's given us as humans some wiggle room to design, control our own fate, as long as, um, um, or for, well, for the better and for the worse. Would you call that? Would what you call think, that? Would you call that that wiggle room? We call that free will. That's that's definitely free will, okay. right? And I believe that um, as long as you're aligning yourself to your purpose with love, in and out of love, um, things always will work out for the best. Even again, even if us as humans, we're narrow-minded, short-minded. We want instant gratification. But even if we don't get that right now, when you look back uh, as a older gentleman or older woman, you look back on your life, you'll realize how you got here and um, um, why things played out the way they did. I think God has a plan for all of us. Um, and it's for us to maximize that plan, maximize the potential he's given us and continue to work hard with the gifts that he's given us. And if we continue to buy in, if we continue to love, if we live in truth and integrity, um, align ourselves to the Ten Commandments uh, uh, and just love one another, then everything always works out. Okay. Right on. Right on, man. All right. You ready for the next one? Got you. Yep. All right. This one is, uh, this one's, I've been asking people and and um, it's a newer question, but the first question is, is this life a free ride? And that meaning, meaning, uh, do you believe that there's a life after this life? And if there is, is there anything, is there a payment to do upon death for, for anything? Or is it, or is it this life and there's nothing else? Or is there something else? This is an interesting question. Yeah, I know. Right. Because then, 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 uh, man, yeah. you're, you're, man, I'm telling you, I, some, your answers are leading me right in. I'm like, man, <laughs> thank you. is like, wow. And this is why I was like, I really enjoy that because it's like, wow. Oh, thank you. Wow. It's really cool hearing thank you say 
share your perspective, Thank your you. view of, the, of life. You. So go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt you. But these, that's why I was like, oh, this is no, 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 no. We're, I love these conversations. Um, these philosophical thought, um, one of my favorite, favorite subjects. Uh, we could talk about these things all the time. Um, growing up in a Christian home, um, I've come to believe and know life after death is heaven, right? Um, and I do believe that there's a heaven and a hell, right? But one of the things that I'm really fascinated by is what about people who grew up in different homes? What about the indigenous people who grew up before religion or modern religion, as you know, got here to this land? They interacted with um, God through animals, through spirits, through wildlife. So how did they conceptualize or what was their afterlife? And is our notion of heaven the same as what where they're going? The same goes for Buddhism, um, um, Islam, um, or any religion, right? All these people on different areas of the earth all had their sort of way of going back to the spirits, to the cosmos, to God. And they all, we all have our own unique idea about where we go after death. One of the things that that's a really interesting question for me is, are the places that we all have different names for one in the same place, right? That's something that I like to believe. I like to believe that because of the way how the world is and because of how humans are, as we were developing as a species. And when, you, when you say the world, when you say as the world is and as humans are, my mm -hmm. thought is that you're talking about the fallenness of mankind and the world. Is that what you're speaking of? Or when you, when you say the way it is, what but do you, what, what, fallen, how? Fallenness? Uh, what do you yeah, fallen? like uh, the fall, like Alan, uh, uh, Adam and Eve, Mm -hmm. Oh, were deceived a into, little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Adam and Eve was deceived yeah. into believing that they were not like God, mm -hmm. and that was when they were already made in God's image. And when they ate from the tree, that was when, in the scripture, in the Hebrew, it says, "Dying spiritually, you shall die physically." So, in other words, mm -hmm. when they ate this fruit there's a spiritual separation between them and their maker because they had made the decision that they wanted to be God instead of living in the understanding that they were made in God's image, image. and with him all the time. Mm -hmm. So that the deception of who they truly were at, the, at who they truly were is what happened. And that's when I say the fallenness. And with that point in time, mankind and the earth fell. And that's when death mm -hmm. disease sin death and condemnation came into the world so is when you say the way the world that's what i was wondering is like when you say we all know the way the world is and how people are that's what i'm saying what are, what are you thinking of when you when you say those two things so a little bit that a little bit of that right um i'm primarily talking about human nature okay. so the characteristics that make up humanity some of the fundamental characteristics that underlie human nature but also the physical environment of the world okay right and one of the things that's unique about humans is that we're going to optimize ourselves for survival wherever in the world we are, depending on what our environment gives us. So what I like to think is that in ancient times come to more modern times, depending on where humans lived, so the indigenous living in forests, trees, winds, animals, they experienced God through that, right? Yeah. Because that was their surrounding environment. Um, 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 people of the Islamic nature, right? Uh, Islamic religion nature, sorry. 
um, growing up in the Middle East, a lot of oil, riches, so on and so forth, they might have needed a more stricter creed with Muhammad bringing it to them to allow them to have their way back to back to God and in, is, in Islamic times and the development of that creed um, and so on and so forth can go to um, all over the world, depending on where human and humanity developed. Um, as did their ways of experiencing God. And I like to believe that God was intelligent enough to know that humans are a certain way and he had to show himself to us in different ways so that all of us ultimately can find our way back, whether it was Christianity, Buddhism, Islam, or another ancient creed. Like we all, he gave us all what we needed at the right time so that we can experience him. So I like to believe that I don't know if we would say that this life is a free ride. I do believe that there's an afterlife. I think that's something that is um, commonplace around most um, spiritual spiritual religions um, and most creeds that we go somewhere else after. I'm very excited to continue to investigate where that is. Um, to I don't want to say I'm excited to experience it because. But you know what, man? You're bringing it. You're, you're you're bringing heaven on earth, man. I mean, and that's the way I view. It's like this is the thing about. This is the, like, you know, we can we can complain about doctors and things like that, but doctors are really the mission of a doctor is to help human beings, and that is bringing relief to people, and and that's that's the way I that's the way I view what you're doing. It's like I'm like Akeem is trying to help people. He wants to help people. And that's an amazing thing, man. I think that's pretty cool. And that, and that's when I say that when I say heaven on earth, that's what I mean. I mean, the kindness of love and love between human beings that's bringing heaven to earth. And, and uh, I think it's pretty cool what you're doing, man. It's really cool. So thank you. Now that the, you said some things now, do you, do you, uh, do you think that, um, do you think that the God of the major religions that we were talking that uh, you listed, uh, Islam, Buddhism, well, what about Hinduism and uh, Judaism? Do you believe that they're all the same God, or do you think that it could be different gods? I, in my belief, I think it was an intelligent creator, one God, who was smart enough to know that he had to communicate with us in different ways. Okay, so that okay, Human, I got you. yeah. All based right. on where we grew up, based on our physical our physical um, environments, um, he was intelligent enough to know that we would all get back to him, but it wasn't going to be with a universal creed. It, and I think that it would be unfair to think that a person who's living in um, um, indigenous um, or ancient North America had different experiences than the person who was living under a king in ancient Europe that had different experiences than someone living in Africa at that time, or someone living in um, um, Southeast Asia at that time, all of us had different physical environments, different ways of life, different foods that we eat, different communities. And I think that he was smart enough to know that there was no way we were all coming back the same way, especially after that essential break that you talked about, where um, Adam and Eve ate the fruit that broke that us separation, up. separation, yeah. That, that separation. So once that happened, then he knew that, okay, we would have to communicate with people a different way, ultimately leading us back to the same goal. And that's why in all of our different creeds, we all have similar sort of themes like thou shalt not kill, love, you love your neighbor like you love yourself, so on and so forth, right? Because 
it's really, uh, and I don't want to I don't want to limit it to limit it to making it sound so simplistic, like it's all the same. But we all have an underlying fundamental um, drives and motivations that are very similar when it comes to spirituality. At least that's how I like to think about it. Absolutely, man. I think a lot. I do think whether we realize it or want to admit it or not, I think everybody thinks about this stuff all like every day. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's always the, the the daily needs, the pulls that you have to do, and the things that you want to do. But I think that when it comes to to those moments in our lives where it's like, what is this all about? Like, why, you know, what is the deal? You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have those thoughts. And I think a lot of people will find your story inspirational, Akeem, very inspirational. Thank I, you. Man, I'm impressed. I, I, I'm just like, man, <laughs> how, and may I ask how old you are, Akeem? I'm 32. Dang. 31. 31. <laughs> you forgot. 30. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Thirty-one, my bad. Thirty-two in March. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, my birthday's yeah, in yeah. March too, man. March. Right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I see, right? Man, because I the reason why I'm really impressed by what you're doing is because when I was your age and you got all this stuff, when I was probably when your age when you started doing it, right? When you when you mm-hmm. were like getting, you said you got like what you you did your 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 law degree in the united kingdom right so you did another degree mm-hmm. before that here in, or there in canada right yep yes. yep i'm just i'm i'm always impressed by people who make mature decisions earlier than life earlier in life and walk that out because that wasn't me when i was that you know what i mean it just wasn't me and i think it's amazing to see people like you at 30, 32, almost 32 years of age, starting the companies that you're starting with the missions that they have to help people in a field that is still defining itself in, in an industry that's still kind of trying to define itself, right? I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's taking shape, obviously, as, as more people, governments, and businesses see and gain more exposure on it. It's taking shape, but you had this vision. You had, I mean, these are visions. This is like this, you have a vision for your life. And that's that's what I find really impressive is that, and something that I find that um, more younger generations and all generations, I should say all generations, because mm-hmm. as we age, I think sometimes we forget about the vision. We forget that there's a destiny. That was the other word you used that I that I mm-hmm. keyed in on. I was like, ah, oh, you don't hear many people talk about destiny all that. They'll take it, mm-hmm. you know, you might hear about destiny in a meme. You know what I mean? Where it's not very, you know, it's like, yeah, there's nothing to that. I don't believe mm-hmm. that. I think that destiny is is in each one of us. I believe mm-hmm. our maker's image is on us. And man, mm-hmm. it's, it is really invigorating to talk with more people like you because it's cool man it's motivating to me man it's like it gives me energy dude it just does i can't help it man all right thank you so akeem i know you are busy the website can you give everybody the website for for atlas and uh canerda you can find us on atlas365.ca okay yep for atlas that's atlas365.ca and Canerta is Canerta.com, C-A-N-U-R-T-A.com. 
we have a lot of exciting news and information coming, especially with Kinerda, um over the next couple, couple of weeks to months. So I would encourage everyone to come find us there. Or you can reach out to me directly. I'm on LinkedIn at Akeem Gardner. Um, um, I'm sure we'll have the LinkedIn details um, um, with the with the podcast episode. Yeah. Or you can reach out to me on my email. My email is Akeem at atlas365.ca or at uh, Akeem at Kernerda.com. You can reach me at either of either or. And, that, and that's A K E E M. A K E E M. Yep. And products will be coming in 2022. Look out for it. If you're in the states, it'll it will get get to you in the first half of 2022. Our extracts will follow right after, and you know all the Canadians will get to you as soon as possible. We're we're working on this every day. And are you are you selling the products from your site? We will have um we will have um, uh, a B two B C business model. So we have some distributors that will take our products um, to retail because they already have shelf space in some of the, in some of the more big uh, retail shelves, like Costco in Canada, health and wellness, um, food stores in the U.S. So um, we have a, a strategy. A lot of our, that news will be rolled out on our website over the next couple of months. So again, that's the best place to keep in, keep in contact, or you can reach out with us. Reach out to me directly on LinkedIn or on email, and then you can go from there. You know, it's pretty cool when you see products in the grocery store. I was in a grocery store. Uh, let's see when I go back. I, I did the Thanksgiving shopping I'm in the United States. So we did the Thanksgiving shopping, you know, I got all that done. And then I came back, I think it was like uh, just a few days ago. And there's a display that says CBD. And the products are right there in the pharmacy section of the grocery store. And that is like, wow, it's actually starting to- It's, co- it's coming. Exactly. That's my point is that mm-hmm. your stuff's coming in 2022. And I heard mm-hmm. you say Costco in Canada. And I was like, wow, that's really big, man. You're doing big things, Akeem. I appreciate your time, sir. Thank you very much. Akeem Gardner, CEO and co-founder of Atlas 365 Inc. And CEO and mm-hmm. founder of Canerda, the hemp biotech company out of Ontario, Canada. Check him out. The website is, again, it's going to be atlas365.ca and the Canerta. Can you spell that one again, man? C-A-N-U-R-T-A.com. All right. Special guest, Akeem Gardner. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity Podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I'm your host. Thank you, Akeem, for your time. Love you all. We'll see you next time. Thank you very much.